Very Bad Wizards is a podcast with a philosopher, my dad, and psychologist, Dave Pizarro, having an informal discussion about issues in science and ethics. Please note that the discussion contains bad words that I'm not allowed to say, and knowing my dad, some very inappropriate jokes. Did I? Did I go back? In your mind, that's how you went back. Only in your mind. Only in my mind. Welcome to Very Bad Wizards. I'm David Pizarro from Cornell University. Today we have Tamler and Yoel. So I'm going to ask both of you a question. Uh, today we're talking about Mr. Robot. At one point, Colby, the CEO of Evil Corp, tries to pay off Angela. And he gives her a piece of paper and says, what's your number? So what's your number? Yoel, you want to take this first? What would it take, no, for, you? What would it take for you to just to just like throw all of your morals to the side or to not avenge the death of your parents or to whatever, whatever it is? What's your number? All of my morality out the window, all of my principles, $750,000. <laughs> Should at least be enough that you never have to work again. I mean... That's that's a, how did you calculate your number? Well, that's enough to a I'm, I'm completely we're my you know we're all out of debt completely. I can help my friends out, and now now that I'm thinking about it, I want a little more money. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And stuff like that. You want some nice yeah. things? Yeah. I feel like it it should be that's enough sure. that you could give some away to make yourself feel better about your terribly guilty conscience right like you could you, you could right if you're like a hundred million dollars right like a lot of africans would be stoked right so you're right, not doing right, it right. for 75 million dollars that's the thing it's it's not <laughs> We're it's not obviously it'd be better to have more money but yeah. what's the lowest yeah, you're trying to talk me down now get? the amount i'm trying to jew you down <laughs> <laughs> i didn't say it <laughs> I, I learned in negotiations you're supposed to anchor high uh, so you all, your answer was just, just really high. I would just say a really high number. Yeah. I'd give myself an annuity of like, you know, a, a six, six figure salary yeah. for the rest of my life. Pay off, pay off all my, any debt that I have, any debt that my family and close friends have. Like I would just, I would spreadsheet it. One <laughs> of the things that I might do is ask for enough money so we don't have to ask our listeners for support. <laughs> That's right. What a segue. I know. I'm getting good at this after three and a half years or however long we've been doing it. So, yeah. So, first of all, we want to thank everybody for reaching out to us. We've had a lot of interaction lately with our campus activism episodes, and it's been great. So, we really appreciate it. At Very Bad Wizards, at Peas, at Tamler. You can reach us on Twitter, verybadwizards at gmail.com. To email us and our Facebook page, just Very Bad Wizards on Facebook. And uh, you can support us directly on PayPal. 
last chance. I don't know if we'll put this out before the new year, but last chance to um, get that big deduction. If we picked up any of those, you know, American Enterprise like money bags, listeners, <laughs> yeah, you know, feel free. I don't know what the upper limit on PayPal is, but uh, you know, Tamler's a philosopher. Do, uh, do they know, believe in giving their money away? I thought it was more. I, I think that they they uh, only if it's a wise investment, and, uh, and what wiser investment than the the, the stepson of Christina will Hoffsons. not go to waste this money, or just shop at Amazon, click on the Amazon link, and then a small portion of whatever you buy after that click will will come to us, and we preach we really thank everybody who's helped us out and. Yeah, and thanks for buying the T-shirts. We launched the t- the T-shirt campaign, launched briefly again, and we sold we sold a bunch. And I think that for for the next year, we'll try a redesign of uh, and put out some new some new T-shirts. Uh, oh, and iTunes, you can rate us on iTunes. I guess that helps. So please oh, yeah. rate us on iTunes. And we got our and it was our hundredth review too. Was just yeah, was uh, awesome. I think it was the best review we've ever gotten, or it's one it's up there, anyways. Anyway, uh, I'm very excited. You know what else? I'm excited. Like this is going to be this could be if this episode goes well, and I'm, I have my doubts. But if it goes well, it's going to be a perfect day because after this, we're seeing the Hateful Eight mm. family, oh. and in the 70 millimeter that road show that comes through 70 millimeters on projector oh, on cool. film. It's going to be. I'm very very excited. Yeah, we don't get that in Canada. You don't? Yes. No, no, they don't take the road show up here. I mean, we'll get the uh, film, obviously, but yeah, not in 70 millimeter. I, I thought that since it was on the metric system, it was for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you would think. You would think. Okay, so, so how long have we been ho- holding this in, man? Uh, this, a long time. This, is, this has like been getting like prison. Blue, blue balls for Mr. <laughs> Robot. But we didn't say Yoel. Yoel's once again. And this is the first time, though, that it's not a movie episode. Uh, this is, But this is like we're, we were saying. This is like a 10-hour movie, mm. right? I was a little worried. I'll be honest. When I went back, you know, I really liked the second season of Fargo. And, then I, and so I was like, is Mr. Robot going to seem kind of lame now when I go back and do this? And it didn't at all. It, it completely held up. And it's a fascinating and beautifully shot, beautifully uh, oh, performed. It's just so well shot shot that that's even on second being so we've all seen this yep. twice yeah and so let's just get it out of the way right now that if you have not seen mr robot um I, I, we can't forbid you from continuing to listen but given how we feel you about really it, shouldn't do it we we strongly recommend yeah <laughs> turn it off go back nice. figure it out watch it I was able to watch it through my cable thing again, although that was, oh, that's only going to be good for another five days. But, um, but yeah, figure out, watch the whole season, just buy it. Just buy the thing, yeah. and you'll, you won't regret it. It's, it's phenomenal. But I am willing to say that if you are a poor student who cannot afford in any way to, to see this, that uh, Mr. Robot... The internal it, it would be internally consistent for you to bootleg the shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think Rami. I think uh, not Rami Malka. Sam Esmail, the creator, has sort of just said that he's like, "Hey, look, I, I would be a huge hypocrite if." I <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's almost an in joke that he titles all of the episodes after a different f- uh, file format, many of which are very common. Yeah, pirate format, piracy formats. 
I mean, that's just a little taste of the tech knowledge. <laughs> the well, you all even out. get crazy. You, you all can out nerd me. Oh, yeah. really? I have a lot of notes. We we all have a lot of. <laughs> all right, let's yeah. dive right in, Dave. I you want uh, you want to give a plot? I'm going to give the the most basic 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 plot outline that will do disrespect to everything that happens. But the show is centered around a kid um, who is a hacker. His name is Elliot, and he from very early on it's clear that he has some mental instability and he is planning what is sort of revealed slowly he's planning a very big hack with some other people and that big hack is intended to bring down the market system it is revealed that his strange and weird accomplice um is not actually real but it is an alter ego um, that isn't revealed until pretty pretty late, actually. Right? It's, not it's very weird to rewatch it until. Yeah, late, I mean they it's... they hint at it really heavily even earlier. Yeah, on. even after the first episode, people were reviewing it as the Fight Club sort of, and yeah. you know, yep. hacker version of the Fight Club. There's a little team of hackers, and you know, shenanigans ensue. But throughout, there's there's obstacles to overcome to make this hack actually go through. And at the end, somehow it actually goes through and we're left at the end of season one wondering exactly what happened um, because there was there were sort of a few obstacles that didn't seem to be um, surmountable that get surmounted in a, in a gap of, what, 72 hours mm-hmm. that uh, in which our main character is unconscious, presumably, or at least has amnesia well, about. Well, he's not so we don't actually see because it. No, we, he, we, he, he did, he does he did yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, that's right. He blacked out. Mm-hmm. So he has dissociative uh, identity disorder, which used to be called multiple personality disorder. You know, the, the, the thing with Mr. Robot, who is at least on the most straightforward read interpretation of the show, which is the Fight Club interpretation, he sort of inhabits and imagines that th- that his father, um, who died of leukemia, um, because he worked for this big corporation, Evil Core, that, that he's been sort of switching between being Mr. Robot and planning this whole hack and being Elliot and like Mr. Robot is the the ringleader Elliot in his own mind at least at the beginning is sort of brought in is brought in by Mr. Robot right. Mr. Robot yeah right. but they're the right, same right, person right. yeah you know I hesitate to even give a psychological like you know what whatever dissociative identity disorder is probably can't look like what this is so it's Whatever, whatever it is, he is. You know, well, it's you like know, fight. They, he, he, he. I, I read an interview where he wanted. To, he at least tried to, in the same way that he tried to be as accurate and realistic as possible with the tech stuff. He also did with that. Yeah. No, I was going to say it's very much like the tech stuff. It's you know they're not just making it up. Um, no, but the details well, are well. You kind of have to suspend disbelief because they have a show to make, and it's not. I, I mean, and there is there is some statistically people who have dissociative identity disorder have more than two two identities. So there, yeah. may, you know, maybe there's a hint mm. if he really was trying to be. And um, they black out, and they have no memory often when they're the other person, which is very right. consistent with. Elliot. But what I don't know is if they interact with each other to that extent. That I don't know. That's a good question. I had that same question. Um, The one thing you forgot in the summary, which is obviously much too brief, is Tyrell. There's this this other character who's, 
you know, probably the main character besides Elliot, Tyrone. Almost argue, almost arguably the main character, actually. Almost which is arguably something like, the yeah. main character. He he works at Ecor and um, has his sights set on being CTO, Chief Technical Officer of Evil Core. That doesn't work out. My idea was to start – we're going to just assume that everybody's seen this and they remember it. And I, I, I do think this show has a, a real heart and it's got – and there's a lot of deep emotion, a lot of really interesting philosophical, moral themes. But let's, let's just start by giving – like what – if you have a gun to your head, if your life depended on it, if your $75 million – uh, depended on it, Yoel. <laughs> what do you think is really going on? Like, what's the reality of this show after the first season? Yeah, I think that it's uh, as David just explained. So Elliot has it sometimes turns into Mr. Robot. Um, he doesn't remember what Mr. Robot does. Uh, he doesn't turn into anybody else. And the other stuff that we've seen, we can take pretty much at face value. So the Tyrell stuff, you think... Tyrell is just a can, dude? Yes, he's, just a guy he's not was. Elliot. He and, he, he and Elliot have no relationship other than the one that... It's possible that uh, that Mr. Robot and Tyrell have some backstory that we're not aware of because Elliot wouldn't have been around for it, right? Um, and we don't always see everything that Mr. Robot does. Um, but it's not like Tyrell is just another one of Elliot's personalities, for example. So right. how do you explain the, the scene with Joanna Wellick at the end in the last episode? Uh, she just suspects that he knows something about her husband's disappearance. And suspects that he speaks Danish. No, I think, I think that sometimes you just say stuff to yourself in your native language. Um, yeah. I think it's cool and menacing to have her say something in a foreign language, but I think you can easily interpret it as she's just talking to herself. She says... Hey, what, what, was, what was it that she said again? She said, uh, if you've done anything to him, I'll kill you. Yeah. It, doesn't it make sense that you're kind of like that's that's sort of your own inner dialogue and you're just kind of putting it out there because you know the guy can't understand you without the suspicion that that Sam Ismail and the writers have have given us um, throughout I wouldn't I wouldn't second guess cursing in your native language or it doesn't seem to me to be that odd either um, um, but given the suspicion that they introduce so throughout throughout I think we were all on this ride Tamler you were on conspiracy theory bus a little hard harder core than we were um and but I think throughout still i am compared you to still you are know. yeah so for a while i was like sus- suspicious whether darlene was a real person but early on i think in one of the in one of the episodes where we talked about this i i said i i thought it would be unfair if it would seem to me to violate the rules that they'd set up if there were if if elliot actually is these other characters so i'm i'm actually on board with yoel right yeah i think that there's a lot a lot of unraveling to the mystery but i think that as far as the identity of characters goes that's as deep as the mystery goes other than whether or not they have a backstory with each other i think tyrell is a real person i think he's going around having anal sex with other people to gain their secrets yeah only for instrumental reasons (laughs) because he did did you get how he checks his watch during (laughs) yeah checks his watch interesting like like, i don't know uh white rose who constantly checks his watch (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) Uh, exactly i do suspect though that um that tyrell from the very first episode 
I think that Tyrell might be in cahoots with Mr. Robot um, from from early on. They have There's reason something to doubt fishy it about the, Tyrell. Yeah. And I think that it, that the way in which he they interacted the, in the very very beginning, the whole bonsoir, like trading Linux desktop environments. Yeah. That was that was <laughs> rough. So, that was really heavy handed. Yeah, we actually. should we should come back to that. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I think that Tyrell believes that he is conspiring with Mister Robot, and at that point doesn't know that Elliot doesn't isn't aware. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a good point because we don't know how new like the Elliot persona is. If there's re- there's a point, there's a quote there where he says you've only existed for a month. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's um, right. Uh, that's Angela in the fourth that episode. Angela yeah. says that. Yeah. To him. In the in the kind of dream sequence where he's he's in withdrawal from opiates and <laughs> right. basically in that sequence they tell you everything. It's yeah. amazing. I'll Can I give you um a couple crazy, th- well, of yeah, crazy go, yeah, yeah let's go, yeah, yeah, crazier than that, that I read online, and then I'll give you what my theory, which has been my theory all along, and 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 watching it again, again, none of them totally make sense, but I still like mine. If gun to my head, I, I would I, I would choose mine. So here's one theory that I didn't think of, which is that Tyrell is Elliot and that Tyrell is actually the main character. So it's really about Tyrell, not Elliot. And But but wait, so I I mean there's a way in which I almost agree with that second statement, but you but you but you're saying it because they are the same person. Right. Well, yeah. So Elliot is in a, a kind of projection of Tyrell's I will say, this is the only thing I'll say for this theory, because there's a few things that don't make sense. For example, Elliot comes and sees his assistant, Tyrell's assistant, and Tyrell's assistant doesn't show any signs of knowing him. There's stuff, there's overlapping stuff with Gideon Mm -hmm. where that wouldn't totally make sense, and Gideon's relationship with Elliot wouldn't totally make sense on on that reading and and then i do think it takes away from some of the heart of the show which if none of the stuff with elliot is real then i don't know like i think elliot is is a really heartbreaking character and it would to have him be tyrell or even just a projection of tyrell would take away from that a little bit but i will say that that last scene with joanna wellick on that reading makes perfect sense. And but wait, I, I mean, I would think that she would react very, very differently upon seeing Tyrell. I, I don't think, I mean, like, I, cause I watched it with that in mind. I had read it. So, and, and let me give you like a couple of key things. So she looks at him at first and she's told him to get out. Right. So she's looked at him. She looks at him at first and is like, "Okay, what are you doing here?" Kind of like I kicked you out. Uh, and then he he says he's looking for Tyrell. And at that point, she sort of looks at him like, "Okay." And it's 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 not totally clear if this has happened before or not. I think the way she plays it, it could be both, but. She clearly is like playing along, like it reads like she's playing along at first. And, and, and she asks him, who are you then? Like, who do you think you are at this point? And then the Danish line 
if you've done anything to him, I will kill you, on this reading makes sense that she's talking about the baby. She's talking about, like, if you made me, if this baby is hurt in any way because of what you did, then I'll kill you. So, uh, yeah, it feels it feels like such a stretch because of all of the interactions that really require Tyrell and Elliot to be independent people. And I, I, I can't read that line as being about the baby, I guess. I don't. I mean, because she the has the baby. She she's had the Danish baby like that. You know, that the more straightforward reading of that is she knows he speaks Danish, even if he's, you know pretending that he doesn't right now or that he is he's he's flipped his lid a little bit which she would expect him maybe to do because he completely lost control and went outside the box by killing the wife of the uh, of the cto what were you working on my husband you've got to help me get out of this there's something about her i feel like she can hear us one of my advice know about the hack that's going on right now when was the last time you saw him she's lying to me he isn't coming she's fishing for something I'm not sure it's last week i think really you know between you and me I'm a little concerned for Terrell. Was he acting strange when you saw him? No. That's funny. Because he was acting very strange. Last I saw him. Three days ago. Didn't you say he just called? And then he just vanished. Excuse me? I don't understand what you're saying. You okay? I think it's just the stress from the past few days getting to me. Anyway, I shouldn't take up any more of your time. Thank you. Ollie. All right. So that's one. What, uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I just, I don't feel like it's consistent with the rules that they've set up, which is that when you see something happen to a character, unless it's something like they're obviously hallucinating, then that actually happens to that physical body, right? So like Elliot's apartment actually exists. So now are we throwing that out or is Tyrell uh, living also in Elliot's apartment right. being Elliot? How does he literally work both for Evil Corp and for Allsafe? Like they're in the right. same conference room talking to each other. It just right. like you would have to decide that a lot of that is just, I guess, in Tyrell's head which would be just a, a real revision of the rules that they've set up. And I feel like part of what's cool about the show is that if you go back and rewatch it, this is what it, what I enjoyed so much about rewatching it. They are scrupulous about sticking to this. Like right. it's all perfectly Although fits. There's, I agree, except for one thing that's a shift. 
In the first four episodes, Mr. Robot doesn't really interact with anyone besides Elliot. And then right. starting around episode five, he starts to interact with people. And then you're supposed to think, well, that's Elliot. Uh, so yeah. that is the one thing that sort of shifted. But, but you know, it's, it's a small thing in the end. And it could just be that before that, he wasn't really interacting with anybody as, as Elliot or Mr. Robot. So It still, in my head, uh, makes sense if you just magically ported, you know, um, uh, Rami Malek's body over, you know, superimposed it over Christian Slater's in every scene. The characters would just be confused as to why he switches his demeanor so often but but not but it's not confusing in any other way and i think you're right that there's a shift there i think that that critically in the in the dream sequence that's the first time where i I, it gave me faith in their rules because at first i was disappointed that mr robot was carrying carrying Elliot over to the drug house and I was like this is impossible right or whatever and, and then you realize that that they've almost done that to tell you no that couldn't that ha- there's the clue that this was all a dream sequence this yeah, but he carries nice. him to the cemetery too yeah or he carries Mr. Robot to the cemetery he carries Mr. Robot to the cemetery and uh, but Mr. Robot doesn't. I, I guess the, there it's like I, no. I guess one of the rules is that if they're both present, it is it is Elliot's body, right, right? Right. It's no. and so the presence of Mr. Robot's so, body yeah, is what's right. different about that scene is they're both interacting, right? Yeah. So he's talking the to the drug house doorman, yeah. basically yeah. being like, "Oh, my friend wants to go in," right? And I he says, with "You him? both have to. You both can't exactly, go in. Right. exactly." Right. So that person right. is seeing two people. Yeah, yeah. that's right. All right, let me give you the other one that I just came across today and this is something that honestly never occurred to me and all and and then i'll and then i'll tell you mine which i think is just right it was bruce willis all along it and it's not even that radical but the but the idea is that actually mr robot the father is the real character and elliot is the projection so uh, this is his way of dealing with the of trying to re- reconnect with his dead son who and I and I didn't read this in the in the conspiracy theory that I found but but I but I guess like he pushed the kid out the window and the kid actually died he wasn't just in the hospital and so it's it's Christian Slater that's real and Elliot is the new persona of Christian Slater now so, you know you remember that line you were just born an hour a month ago. ago a month ago yeah a, a month ago. ago i mean would would totally fit with that you know this idea that elliot is just the latest projection of mr robot i haven't actually thought about this very much because i just came across it so oh the, then the other thing with that would be and, and, and this was this is devious but you know it's something i noticed watching it the first time and it's and, and i noticed watching it again even more prominently that big reveal where Darlene turns out to be his sister, yeah. she doesn't say, and at no point does anybody else say that she's his sister. So on this reading, she would be his daughter. Hmm. And, it's, and, and the way that, 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 sh- that scene is filmed where she says, I'm your, and he like interrupts her, yeah. essentially, right. like kind of cuts her off. Right. And he's like, she's my sister. Like he's trying to save this persona. 
the, the other thing that fits with it, I mean, it's funny. This is, this is a real insight into conspiracy theories because once you get an idea in your head, a lot of things fit. But it is, but why would, would, why would Angela have become such BFFs with yeah, the father? That's weird. That is weird. And even in that conversation, she, she says he's had a hard month and, and then Darlene says had a hard 20 years. Like the past right. twenty years, which I mean, it's not inconsistent. That with could just be talking since about the, the last the, the boy right. died. Yeah, but right. but but yeah. So I, I don't love that one. A because it there's nothing better than going back on the rewatch and watching Darlene's interactions with Elliot. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, it and is. like it's very sister. Yeah, you don't right. feel the, like. the scene where she's getting out of the shower and she's just like wearing the towel or yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, if that yeah. were your dad, I mean, come on. Yeah, and she's yeah. like proud of him for what he's accomplished yeah. in a way that seems like glowing sister, not like you know. And also the way Gideon treats him yeah. is almost like a stand-in father. Right, 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 right. It'd be weird for him to be like. Yeah, know. because this would be literally somebody about Gideon's age. Yeah. Right. Right. You, well, he likes men. Like, <laughs> it, it actually would even. You know, I'm gay, right? Would sound like very different to Christian said to Christian Slater. <laughs> All right, so I'll give my theory, which I believe I've given the first time we talked about this on the show. There's a lot of things that don't make sense, but a bunch of stuff that does is that Tyrell and Joanna Wellick are just other projections of his parents. So, in other words, like he has this sort of double conception of his father and i don't know like what the timeline would be on that whether the father worked as a a executive for evil core or something like that when when he was growing up or or what but the the main thing that made me always think this when i first watched it was the similarities between Joanna Wellick and Elliot's moms in the little glimpses that we get of Elliot's mom, it does kind of seem very similar to Joanna Wellick character. I mean, actually, his mom is is to me angry, in and Joanna's cold. So aside from just being shitty people, I. I <sighs> she says something after he died. There's that scene between the two of them and she sort of says that he was weak that she has contempt for him and that's a very joanna Wellick like then the baby would be elliot that you know and and her but here do you mean projection as in literally he's creating these people in his imagination and like they don't actually exist yeah well, so because uh, if you mean, I mean thematic mirror, they mirror his. Pro- no, I mean like his projection of how shit went down. So yeah. how he was born, for example, right? He was born early, and she, his dad was fired, and no one knows why. Right, and his dad was fired right. and doesn't know why. And his there's this other sister. So here's the thing that oh daughter wait a that sec- you find out about that Joanna wait Willick had. A second, uh, this would almost suck. But you did you you caught the Back to the Future references, yes. right? Yeah. So here and, is and, and the other movies that they're going to see: Pulp Fiction and Time Cop, right? Yeah. It's like, he's dressed. He's literally dressed up as 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 Doc as the Doc. Um, right. Christian Slater is in one of the flashback photos. Back to the Future Two is the favorite movie. So yeah. it's you could it could be Baby Elliot his father Tyrell fired for unknown reasons 
starting the computer shop in the 80s is it's i mean i don't know it's a stretch the last thing though darlene would be that daughter that was born yeah uh, that she tells tyrell about i mean i like i i think it's a projection based on like what what he thinks the memory would be obviously he couldn't have been there he couldn't have seen himself be born and all but that's why i think though though like just ontologically like they either exist or they don't exist as as like if they don't exist for real then the plot completely fails right like then there is absolutely no point if they don't exist for real so well why though like what well, it's just we've, we've add to the. Plot? I mean, we've spent all this time getting involved in the lives of these people who are just like a fantasy of Elliot. Right, like I would be annoyed. Like, like, like a submissive no, dominatrix, pregnant yeah. sex. His whole <laughs> drive to get to the top, you know, like that stuff is to me. It would be much less interesting if it was like this is Elliot's weird imagination of what happened to his dad. Right. I, see, I disagree because it's like this stuff, some version of this really happened. Be exactly no, I know, but it would have happened you know. in the past. So what's happening in the present? Like, he's just making it up in his mind? Like, like, like did Elliot's dad go beat up hobos, for example? And have sex with tech. This is what happened infused with his, like, he's clearly movie obsessed, and a lot of his projections are, like, movie sort of themes, like American Psycho, the American Psycho episode, and the Mulholland Drive episode, and... But what is, I think what I'm missing is what you mean by projection, like, a lot of his projections, because... It's one if you're just saying that they're just fictions of his imagination, then then we do see a lot of weird interactions of their lives where Elliot's not present, like you know him like trying to seduce the wife of of the new uh, CTO, where it's like, well, what's maybe the there's point? a story where that happened. There's a story. Maybe that's so. Why, this that's one so of the this is all in he his. He got so we're literally seeing his imagination, is, but but of real events. But we can't be seeing them of real events. I mean, in the past, like then his current interaction with those characters is weird. Let me give you the last piece of evidence for this. <laughs> I want the for, Yo, for, for I this. I hear what you have to the say. The for this is, that, like, like, I'm still not clear what the for this part is. For, like, he, for, for my. No, no, I know, but I don't. Joanna Wellick sh- is really his mother, and Tyrell is another sort of version of his dad. I noticed this the first time, and then I watched out for it again, and it and it's even more prominent in that scene with Joanna and Elliot. She right as he leaves, she kisses the baby on the head, like a really kind of tender kiss on the head. Later in that same episode, when they're up on the Times Square screen, and you know that happy family is together, and again, no sign of Darlene, by the way. Where's Darlene in all of this? Where's Darlene in all the pictures? Where's Darlene in all the family pictures? Not there, right? But she, in that Times Square screen, she kisses his head in exactly that same kind of tender way that she kissed the baby's head. So so what's puzzling me about this theory isn't those things that you say. Those make sense. But for me, like, if it's all in his imagination then it's like a real disappointment. The the only possibility that I can think of is that it's he's literally traveled back in time to stop the events that caused his father to die. Wait. So he is in the future. Yes. And he's come back. Right. And so he's interacting the baby is little Elliot. That's his real mom. 
he has sort of like time travel foggy memory and he's like he's confused uh, like in the way that you might expect after you know we all know time travel is hard on the mind because then uh-huh. you actually have a world in which he's interacting with these people in a meaningful way so then so he he travels back and then what gets a job at I, I think so i think that he has some vague plan in his head about how he would do this in the future he goes back and there is some sort of just fogginess about it. And he's what, what's happening is he is reinterpreting. Um, I mean, he's rebuilding the plan in his head from like the fog of, of time travel. But then people know him like Angela knows him. She remembers having grown up with him. Yeah. 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 And also, I mean, I would be really disappointed if it were time travel. I, like, I got to say, I would be disappointed yeah. if it were no, time that, travel. No, that would be crazy. It would be, that would, I mean, that would be quite a twist, yeah, but that would be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just can't see yeah. him hallucinating ty- the whole Tyrell subplot. And, and, yeah, and having, no, I get these But there like, is a time thing. There is There's some, some time, time thing, fuck yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, time is a central yeah, I mean, theme. I mean, there's something. I mean, it might just be like he wishes he could go back and prevent his father's death. It doesn't all have to be a hint to some plot that we haven't been told about yet. And in the same way, I think those like parallels between the way Joanna is acting and the way Elliot's mom was acting, like it could just be there are some thematic parallels that they think are cool rather than they're hinting that these are actually yeah, the same people. Yeah, yeah. If it were which is, which is itself sort of cool. Like yeah. that that art is a craft. And so it, it starts to blend in with the sort of invention of the main character right. who if it weren't for the mind fuck this. that he gave us like we would just read it as as like cool parallelism if that's the right yeah. term. but why isn't darlene a central part of the childhood as we sort of so here's here's what i'm afraid they're gonna do which i also think would be super lame is darlene is actually joanna's first child and she was adopted later which is why she's not in any of the older pictures Wait. Yeah. So Darlene had a baby. Uh, sorry, right. Joanna, Joanna yeah, had yeah. a baby, which uh, let's suppose is Darlene. She gives that baby up for adoption. Um, yeah. If you suppose that Joanna had the baby early enough, Darlene could plausibly be that baby. And then somehow she's adopted right. by Elliot's parents. Um, and he's forgotten because he's forgotten his personal history that she's not his biological sister. She was adopted maybe later after those pictures were taken, so she's not in Although it would be it would be but, weird for after the father's death for them to adopt for the mom to adopt another kid. And you right. you sort of assume so, that the dad died right around the age of those pictures. And she even said the parents were nice, not just the mother was nice. Like the parents seemed nice. Yeah. That's what Joanna said. No, I'm not sure how much room there is in the timeline. Right. Like Maybe if you're like, oh, there's a, a couple years in there right. where they could have adopted uh, Darlene post-pictures pre-death. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, how do some random Americans adopt a Danish teenager's child? I have no idea. Um, also, it would just be – not everybody has to be related. So I would no, hate it I think, yeah, as just like, like this like really soap opera yeah. kind of twist. Yeah. Also, Darlene would have to be much younger than Elliot in that case, right? Darlene would have to be, at the very least, eight years younger. That's plausible to so, me, right? I think the actors yeah, are probably... Like, how old is Rami Malek? Like, like in life? I think he's yeah. like 30. How old is he supposed to be on the show? Do they say his age? I don't... Not that I remember. No. 
um, yeah. significantly no. Yeah. yeah. So Darlene sort of seems young and bratty. She could be 21, 22. Yeah. And he was born in 81, which means he's, th- you know, 30. He could be 30-ish. Um, it could work. Yeah. Right? And, and oh, you love it. I can see it. In <laughs> and Joanna. <laughs> Joanna, if she had the baby at 13. 15. At you, 15. She know. said 15. You pervert. We all know Danish women don't get their periods that, that young. <laughs> All right. So then she could be in her mid to late 30s. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think, I keep in mind, I think it's I would, terrible. Yeah, I would I be disappointed. And what, yeah. what really I've loved about this show is that they've, they managed to pull off the gimmick without making it too gimmicky. And, yeah. and they've also managed to avoid the pitfalls of just, making the show about gimmicks and this is where i think the themes and maybe we should talk about some some of the other characters and and the plot and in general but but there are some themes that make upon second watching uh, it made me think that the plot of the show is is in some ways all uh, secondary to what one of the things that the show is trying trying to say to us and all right, let's take okay. a break and come Great. back and yeah, talk wait, about Actually, the, before we do the break, can we yeah. do one thing? I was just thinking, I am a little more convinced that Joanna knew Elliot somehow. When they when they met that last time, he, she just Definitely. seemed too like, uh, like she, she knew right. him. But it's also possible that Mr. Robot and Elliot had a relationship. Uh, sorry, Mr. Robot and Tyrell had a relationship before yeah, Elliot absolutely. was in the right, picture. Right, right. She's all like, oh, that guy that I've seen yeah. talking to my husband, and now my husband has disappeared, and this guy right. reappears. Right, what is weird up with tech this? guy. Like, I think you have to assume that yeah. at minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because, and that also would explain Tyrell and Elliot's yeah, first, first interaction first. better, which mm-hmm. is not the interaction of two people who No, just and why does he keep saying bonsoir yeah. in the middle of the day, you know? Which is also <laughs> like it's like the father, the other, the, his father also says "say la monde," like both sort of bad attempts at at speaking French. Yeah. yeah. Let, yeah. All right. Let's yep. take a break. let's let's come back and talk about themes and characters after this quick break. Right on. Welcome back to Very Bad Wizards. It's the long-awaited Mr. Robot episode. Hey, are you sure we want to do Mr. Robot? We could talk about the Oberlin cafeteria. (laughs) (laughs) The the Oberlin placemats. Oh, Oh, no, no. No, no, it's not the placemats. The uh, the appropriation. 
the appropriating, the appropriating sushi. sushi. Yeah. And this whole cultural appropriation thing just doesn't make sense. Like, I can't see anything like, like, that's just like, that's like a good thing about the world. Well, uh, so I was trying we... to think of like a sense in which it's, that's a defensible complaint. I would think like, you know, what happened in the early days of rock and roll where like black musicians would write these songs and then white people would right. become famous and rich right. playing those songs. They, like that counts yeah. maybe. I, I just, I consider that yeah, just stealing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess you don't need a fancy yeah, new word for I, that. I'm, it's, it's a like, hate yeah. crime is what it is. Um, <laughs> but nobody is doing that. Like, nobody's getting anything stolen from by, like, the jazz. <laughs> okay. Self, me... It's self-parody at that point. And this is the, the thing that, you know, like, I wish Vlad would at least criticize, like, some of the most extreme Oberlin examples of it. I think it would give the movement more credibility if you didn't sanction every ridiculous thing uh, that they did. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's turned into one of these moral disputes where, like, you really have to dig in and not give an inch. I mean, your stepmom was the same way, right? Like, this is war, and you can't, you know, you can't admit that the other side maybe has a, a few reasonable right. points. Maybe. Yeah, I think you can, though. We do. No, 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 like, no, no well, you can't. Yeah, but you I guys can, aren't, like, but, you're, but you're not... You're all saying that, that it's just, like, a signaling strategy now, like, this, like, sort of being... Yeah. Being, well, you're not saying it's a signaling strategy, but I'm adding to it that it's also a signaling strategy that, like, you... It, once once you outline the territory, giving an inch is like giving a mile, and so you don't want to give... Yeah, and you guys are like I think of you as nonpartisan, yeah, whereas right, yeah, Vlad and, and uh, your stepmom are definitely partisans. Yeah, they have they have dogs. Yeah, that's right. In the, it, um, All right, uh, <laughs> let's let's turn to the themes of the show. Okay. Yeah, we're cutting this out. I think aren't we? A lot of us were, were were looking back, but I guess my favorite thing of going back to it was just looking at. It as a work as of art, as a, a standalone, and, yeah. and, and of the characters. Dave, why don't you start? What were some of the yeah. themes? So, so what struck me was um, what I think is actually a brilliant tying in of two things. The, the sort of hacker culture and this view of, of what human nature is. And, and essentially, the themes that we keep running into over and over again are, you know, human beings as as programs there's over and over again analogies of you know debugging and hacking the sorts of social engineering that he does um to manipulate others um by exploiting their weakness right so exploits demons you know uh, daemons are processes that run in the background that you really have no you know he's has at some point he's like you know it's it's almost out of page a page out of social psychology that uh, intentions don't matter at all. These daemons are background processes running. It's it's giving right. you a very computational view of the mind, but one not using the language of modern uh, cognitive psychology, but rather that of hackers. And they show over and over again, I think, what are watching this all in a binge of like literally last night and this morning. There are time after time, instances in which somebody just destroys another person because they know how to they know the exploit right so uh like we get we get some really 
some really harsh examples like of um, when they're at the Steel Mountain facility and uh, he just destroys that tour guide by exploiting like he says, you know, you don't matter, right? When you're, um, yeah. we, mm-hmm. we see uh, Colby nearly destroy Angela by saying just the right thing, right? These are all, it's, it's, it's like fi- finding the weakness in the software and exploiting the vulnerability to, to be able to manipulate. Uh, I wrote down a few of these. Um, so <laughs> Bill Harper is the tour guide. <laughs> yeah. He's great. That actor. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, uh, what's great is when Angela turns it on, uh, on, on Colby and kind of destroys him you think that she's about to break but then she she flips it on him and yeah she does that's such a great scene like that and that's a she's really good that yeah double day um and and just her face like and she kind of she gets up and it's like she's gonna be defeated and then she sits back down and kind of leans back in her chair and it's a really really cool moment uh Um, tyrell tries to just do the same to elliot at the beginning um, tries to destroy him by, uh, but then ultimately Tyrell gets completely owned, right by by his boss in yeah. what is one of the most awkward, you know, scenes in which in in which you just see somebody unravel before your eyes, right? Like he just gets everything. It, it's like, but basically, like the the theme is, if you know exactly where to push someone's buttons, much like a, a vulnerable piece of software, you can watch it unravel. And I think that um, what people's weaknesses are in each case is really interesting. So Elliot's weakness for revenge or to avenge his father's death yeah. is what led for the failure of the hack the first time because they they gave up Colby. Um, when they shouldn't have, which made them them vulnerable, which made them put the honeypot in the server, which um, what's his name put the honeypot in the server, Gideon. Gideon. And uh, so everybody's weakness is essentially just a view of human nature. The like the pettiness of you know, it's yeah, a human it's a thing, human and that so much of what Elliot talks about yeah. is that weakness. And I think this ultimately is why the CEO at the end, when Angela is asking him, "How can you be so comfortable?" What he's the reason he's comfortable is he is so reliant on human nature doing just building up the same system again because of their weaknesses that as long as you know what human weakness is, you're it's not the that the conglomerate has all of the sort of the physical assets or the fiscal power, they might get destroyed, but as, as long as you know how to exploit the the vulnerability in the human software right then then you'll be okay like people drive people will be greedy no matter what no matter what f society does to me the conglomerate you know and including white rose they're they're fine they're gonna be fine because they feel confident in their knowledge of how to exploit humanity right they're all in their cushy room and i think that that um angela like i wonder what you guys think about angela's character i think that that this is an instance of them wielding their power over humanity. They just made her an offer um, and she took it. Right. And I don't think we know what Angela's I, I don't thinking th- right now. That's one of the big she's doing. I mean, that's certainly one possibility is, is, and I think like the, if it, on that reading, the moment that turned her was probably going yeah. to the lawyer's office 
and getting told yeah. she wasn't needed there yeah. and essentially getting kicked out when she had sacrificed yeah. her career to get this case back on its feet. So then she's like, well, if that's going to happen, then then fuck it. I'll just... And you see her that. use like, her new power but when I, she tells the guy she wants the new Pradas. The shoe guy. Right. I think that what's interesting about her is she's kind of cold uh, much earlier than that. Like she's very cold about just bringing down Allsafe. Um, she's yep. extremely cold about um, really screwing over her boyfriend who, all right, he cheated on her, but still like once she finds that out, it's like he is done and she has right. no regrets, um, no like visible. So you're saying it's okay to cheat on uh, a spouse or serious <laughs> on Angela girlfriend. I did, she didn't seem that into Oh, that guy is, that guy is, I think they're actually, like, can we talk about Ollie and how one of the biggest douchebags? I only have 48 yeah. followers. Oh, but yeah, but it's growing. I, I'm going to use there's that. Growing. That's, there's some taste that's what I was going to use the opening quote for this. He was, you know, sometimes uh, their characterization is a little his, bit over the top. And I think totally over the top, but it's like he's just like such a douche. The Groupon. I got a Groupon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What were his likes? But finish what you were saying. That she was cold. Yeah, she well, has she's that. She's just side cold all the way through. Yeah. So it's not yeah. clear. Like, oh, she's been turned by this uh, by the evil corporation. It's maybe that's just. She but her motivation her earlier on is she a well, young she, Joanna her, Wellick? From early on, Ooh. she she wanted the revenge Ooh. for her for her the death of her mother. And it seems as if she yeah. has sort of been turned. And to see her use her power to exploit, right? Like the to to find the weakness in the guy who was trying to chide her, and she's like, "You're a fucking shoe salesman." Yeah, or or maybe she's really the person that you don't want yeah. on the inside. No, I maybe they're I they're biting off more I, than I, they can chew I, with yeah. her. I think I that think. that maybe season two right. is we find out that she's she is the Trojan. So but, I have a little bit of a different. Genuinely, like curious about the, yeah. the the CEO, and genuinely a little bit impressed yeah. by him mm-hmm. too. That he's handling it with. I have a little bit of a different take on um, what the show thinks about being yeah. able to manipulate people, because to me it seems that the people who think that they're the most manipulative and the most clever, Elliot certainly, Tyrell, Tyrell certainly, Terry Colby. Right. They don't do well. So Elliot has this like gaping hole in his self-knowledge where he thinks he knows everything about everybody and he doesn't know the most basic things about himself. Tyrell, Tyrell's plan just blows up horribly. Um, and uh, Terry Colby ends up uh, getting outplayed by Angela. So I think you can see it equally as a story about like the arrogance right. of thinking that you well, can manipulate people. At some point. Control. Exactly. And I, but I, I, that is a, that, that's a separate theme that there are – these forces and, and you know con- the idea of control. I mean, I think Elliot even says that with the psychiatrist. But but the idea that there are these forces above us, and a little bit like a Greek tragedy or something like that. You know, when you make plans, this is actually a line from the show. They don't like say it explicitly. God laughs. That ultimately, if you think you've figured humanity out then you're probably fucked yeah that's a kind of hubris that the show doesn't so they actually explicitly refer to the hubris of tyrell um at some point and and i just want to say there's a there's a little bit of a we haven't talked at all about about shayla and her boyfriend um but uh yeah vera vera uh, Vera. is obsessed with with name that that 
and he, he's saying, you know, what does your name mean? Fearless, which is ironic in, in the case of, yeah. of Elliot. Um, but uh, Tyrell is, is a name that comes from the uh, Norse god, which is Tyr, which, by the way, is the, the, week, the day of the week Tuesday is named after that god, if you ever wonder. Wednesday is Odin's day. Hmm. Tyr is, is uh, a god, Norse god associated with law and heroic glory, um, portrayed as one-handed. So he has the name of a god, and he has the hubris of of a minor god, <laughs> um, and I think that's right yeah. that that the every every human has an exploit. But that's why the CEO, who up until now and and uh, White Rose seem to have not, we don't know their bug yet. We don't know. No, I'm saying just um, from White what's- Rose is not White Rose though in the mm. final scene. Yeah. He's a woman yeah, yeah. when he talks uh Elliot or, or she's a woman and a yeah. man when uh Yeah. It's interesting like to think about how we're yeah. meant to interpret that. Um so like I, I saw some people writing that uh White Rose is obviously a trans woman who's like passing as male. And I think that would be the least interesting take. I like the idea of somebody who just flips back and forth between right. genders. Uh, depending uh, on the situation. Yeah. Like, don't even question what the true nature of his gender is or hers is, but rather yeah. that, that this is one of his ways in which he, he either exploits others or just simply situationally appropriately will dress, um, uh, you know, according to... Yeah. Another interesting theme that I thought was very prominent throughout is loneliness. And there's a kind of crushing loneliness to Elliot's character. And this is why I don't want him to turn out to be some sort of fabrication. But there's a crushing loneliness and an inability to to connect with other people that runs throughout the show that he explicitly says sometimes when he's talking to the psychiatrist. He has trouble, um, except on probably significant exceptions he has trouble having physical contact with other people hugging them he hates hugging people he Mm -hmm. he seems to be able to hug and and he fucks shayla but we don't know if they hug shayla (laughs) one of my favorite moments in the whole show is a scene with shayla like they're just starting to like like each other uh i think it's right before they kiss actually and she says so you want to know about me and yeah, he starts yeah, yeah. doing this thing of like, it's like I know everything about her, and it's this thing. Yeah. It's this thing that they've repeated. Like it wouldn't work as well if they hadn't repeated it throughout the show. Of like him just going into this long diatribe about who this person is, and right, like Sherlock Holmesing them. Yeah, and then uh, by hacking them, and she sa- and she she cuts him off. She like interrupts his like internal monologue and just says no not the stuff that you can see online and yeah and gives him something that he genuinely didn't know and it's this beautiful moment of like, actual connection and yeah. the quilt she shows him the quilt and she shows him the quilt and again this is a very tangible thing it's a very and then it leads to their kiss which you know you didn't up to that point know that he was capable of anything close to that and right. Yeah, so I just I like I thought that, that was just a running theme and sort of the heartbreak, the emotion, the heart of the show is this lonely guy crushed by his loneliness and tries to 
deal with that in ways that are both destructive to him, destructive to others sometimes, even when he has good intentions. A lot of times he tries to help people and ends up hurting them. And, um, you know, like that, I don't know. That's the thing that moved me the most is Elliot and his isolation from the rest of humanity. Right, but there is this one interesting sort of irony to his self-pity early on that I, I, I was a little bit heavy-handed, like emo, um, emo Elliot. But I think that this is another one of his mistakes is in thinking that he's the only one who feels this way, right? Um, that that this is somehow like that. What are, you know when he's like, what do other people do? You know, when, like when he's crying, and I'm like, they also cower and cry. Like they, you know, like who doesn't feel that way, right? This is, his psychology is is, but he's is at a very egocentric. Level. He is, but but everybody on that show, we just don't see their inner pain, yeah. right? In in a way that that we know because because he's the narrator. He doesn't seem to appreciate that other people probably, in fact, suffer. Um, you know, we don't know the suffering of Shayla or the suffering of. And there's um, no like happy, well-adjusted character, really. No, mm. <laughs> oh, no. Gideon comes the closest. Yeah, Gideon's boyfriend. That guy's like, like a that saint. That boyfriend seems insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, um, I just happened to glance down at my notes, and I found some great evidence against the uh, Elliot is actually his dad. Theory, which is that Darlene in episode two, when she comes in to use a shower and then puts on his clothes, says, can I borrow your clothes? My dress has cum stains on it. <laughs> That's right. Good point. I think that puts that. Yeah, we can put that to rest. Right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although um, in episode three, there's a funny um, moment where Elliot's almost happy. Right. And, oh, that great uh, montage! The montage, and you hear that shitty lens—is it lens? Like steal my sunshine, uh-huh. um, and he's like, you know, I can lead a bug-free life from now on. Like, and he's all like fake happy, all hard it's things on like Instagram. He's got Starbucks. He's got the Starbucks. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did he come in with a star? But there's a, a bunch of stuff where he's, you know, his he's talking about like never show them my source code. There's there's part of this analogy that starts getting a little bit old of you know hacking and source code and all that, but but I think that it is a, a, not a bad way of of somebody like Elliot understanding human psychology. Well, one another like sort of theme that that recurs a couple times is the idea of self hatred and the power that that gives you. So Vera says that like right. You remind me of me when I was younger. Depressed and sullen. Matter of fact, I tried to kill myself a couple of times. Never could get that shit right. <laughs> Biology wasn't my strong suit. I hated myself, man. Still do. Thought that shit was a weakness for a long time. And then I realized that shit was my power. People walk around, act like they know what hate means. Nah, no one does until you hate yourself. I mean, truly hate yourself. That's power. 
it's this like if you hate yourself enough and you see a lot of these characters seem like they're self-hating to one degree or another like Colby and like you can be immune to some of the things that the more vulnerable characters like Shayla are not immune to you become vulnerable that's something that can ultimately bring you down and the self-hatred is like a shield against some of that and i you know that i think is i don't know like it's, it it might reflect some of the techie stuff but like i think that's a real human story is that how you that use idea. your self-hatred as a shield as far as he has yoel what's some themes that you on your second viewing uh, you didn't watch it did you i you never I, you watched it. i haven't watched a single episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the thing that jumped out at me was more like the, the arrogance of the powerful or the people who, right. you know, who think that they, uh, they can control things. They, like you said, you plan and God laughs. Um, yeah. And, but you know, but they, but they execute this hack and, and you, they could have left it like that. What are we to make of the final scene where there's this room of the super powerful? Oh yeah. Oof. Right? It's like... Well, again, talk about a stylized scene also in terms of the way it's shot. Yeah. Like, there's no way that it really looks like that. (laughs) Right. But it does look like that. That's (laughs) It's like a a vampire movie. Yeah. Yeah. The, like, supervillain house. I don't know. Very gothic. It's like Wuthering Heights. Right. Well, let's talk about why is White Rose part of this cabal, like, helping out in the hack and then chilling with the CEO? They have to set up something for season two? Oh, that's that's not what that's not the answer I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it felt a little bit like ugh. Like they now have a lot to navigate. The show kind of rides this edge of being like not exactly straight realist, but like never straying too far from what might be plausible. And I feel like once you get into the like super villain shadowy group conspiracy, it like. Yeah, and why White Rose would be both helping out the hack and hobnobbing with the yeah, it's it's just getting well, a little too far. You guys aren't going to like this, from... but one one interpretation is this is how Elliot imagines. This is how he imagines they would react to this because he sees them in binary terms. But we... I think it's fair to say, whatever the reality is, is that it's coming through him. Even when the stuff is really happening, it's his energy that's that that casts a stylized shadow over whatever's happening so i was trying to figure out whether or not so what's so here's an obvious canary for for whether we're whether the unreliable narrator is giving us the information and that is when it's called evil core Right, so it's ecore, and obviously the media is not like like they're, the commercials. They're not going to call it right. evil core, but they um, do. But they do, except for, and this is in the in the very beginning. Tyre in his conversation with Tyrell, Tyrell actually calls it evil core um, in the when he's pitching him the job at the beginning of episode two, and that's that was another reason I thought like that he was in cahoots with um, with Mister Computer. 
Um, oh, yeah. They, that doesn't seem like – A, number one, that's a great example. The boardroom, the 11 lawyers, like they yeah. don't really look like that. That's mm. not how like those boardrooms really look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They no, but but Elliot is in that act. scene. Like whenever you see something distorted, yeah. you see it through his eyes. Right. I feel like when we're watching, you know, uh, Tyrell fuck his wife with the gag ball in her mouth, like that we're not seeing it through Elliot's eyes. Yeah, I think that's supposed to actually I, I, happen. I think yeah. we are. You think, but uh, so, no, no, you're just wrong about this. So, so Tyrell, well, we'll see. But I, <laughs> I've been proven, I've been told that I've been wrong about a lot of things on this show that I... I that no, you were only... You were not right about I said he was his father all along. I did too. So did everybody. So did everybody. Yeah. That's the one no, and only no, thing. People didn't say that he was the father. Not not as early as I said it. In fact, like we have a lot of emails of people of listeners making fun of me for that speculation. But anyway, just set that aside. That uh, episode two, I have a note on that that scene. He gives him this choice, like come with me. Like this is a big choice, and that whole episode is about choices. Wait, say again. What scene? So the scene where he's offering him the job. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very intimate scene. He's like, "I want you to be here with me," and it sounds a little bit like like a father or an adopted father or something. Like the way it's presented to him, like a kid has a choice between what which parent to join in a divorce, or it could be like which body to inhabit or which person you want following around. Do you want Mr. Robot or do you want me following you around? This is all such confirmation bias on your part. Go back and look at that scene, that first scene. And in, in, in it, it's a very intimate scene. And the idea that that's really, that that's just supposed to be an objective picture of how like this thing went down is, is insane. Like that would be much weirder than anything I could imagine. No, but but what Yoel and I were saying is that that because that scene is through through Elliot's eyes, that that of course it doesn't have to be real. We're saying we're saying when Elliot's not present, or mis- like Mister Computer or Elliot aren't present, that that represents yeah. things that are actually occurring. That if you have the whole show be no, 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 not the whole show is Elliot's imagination. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that his imagination colors the real events. Yeah, no, that's but I that's what I'm objecting to that his imagination could color scenes in which he's completely uninvolved. Great. I think that's like I'm pretty confident in that judgment that we're seeing this as at the very least through Elliot's kind of mentality is how we is how the sh- you know like the the composition of the shots, the mm. music, the like well, I, I think that it's very maybe, stylized in a I, way that's consistent with Elliot's character. Yeah, I mean, insofar as like Elliot is a creation of a person who like put a lot of himself into him, I think that's fair to say. Like, right? Yeah, I, I but don't but think you it, just I think it's you know, use the other argument that. for Tyrell. Like, you just used an argument that when Tyrell is being shot, it's completely yeah. different. Like, because like so, that's how Elliot. Well. But no, no, but now you realize you're using two completely conflicting points to try to argue for the same thing. That, like, it is Elliot's imagination because it's all stylized no. and shot in the same way. And it is also Elliot's imagination because Tyrell is shot and stylized in a very different way than when Elliot is. These events could be really happening, but it's as if we're seeing them through Elliot's fevered 
mind and the, the events themselves are really happening but it's always through this filter of of Elliot and his mentality if if Elliot were narrating it I would buy that yeah. he does a little na- bit more but it, but he doesn't narrate uh, the scenes where he's well, not right yeah. right where he's not involved right so so he's not like a he's not telling yeah. the, if he were and in general story, like the scene with Darlene and Angela in the club Oh, where they make you, out? You think that they didn't actually make out? Well, I I want to believe. I want to believe that they. Yeah, that's the right. Mulholland Drive episode. No, but I mean that's in his fever. That that's in his like like. So that's, you're willing to admit that that didn't happen, but that we specifically because that episode breaks all like breaks the rules by like giving us his like feverish withdrawals. Like I also don't believe that the fish talked. Right, no, no, no like, but that's the fish. That's different. That's not that he's in that scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this would, so, but I don't see that episode breaking the rules in any other. There are things that really happen in that episode. Yeah, but I think that, the, that there are clear brackets between his withdrawal, right? Like when he starts going into withdrawal and gets in bed, and by the time he comes out of it, that everything that happens in there, like, is pretty much just there's a callback to that scene she says tell her i tell shayla i say hi in a way that like makes it seem like something happened between them so now you're arguing the other position no i'm saying that it's consistent with everything that i'm saying that it's that it's uh but we know know like a, like a, a young kid well not a young guy but a lonely guy who watches a lot of porn and and loves movies and loved probably Mulholland Drive. He would love X yeah, and what, too. What's the overlap between people uh, who would nominate Back to the Future Two as their favorite movie, and who like Mulholland Drive? I feel like that's a very small intersection. Uh, so you're saying that's more Rami Malek than? Yeah, yeah. I think it's well, like you're not supposed he, to take the whole thing. He loves Back to the Future Two. Does he? That Sam movie is Mill. terrible. Sam Esmail. Uh, sorry, Sam Esmail. Yeah, yeah. That. Uh, Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2, Two is not terrible. a good movie. I agree. <laughs> Back Defending to the Future it. 1 is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I, um, I just don't think you're supposed to take anything like completely literally. In the same way that the computer hacking yeah. is kind of unrealistic, um, some of this stuff looks kind of like magical realism. But like, I, can you read into yeah. like what's supposed to be happening in Elliot's head? I don't think so. I think it's Sam Esmail thought that this would look neat. Like, I think that's all the explanation yeah. you need for a lot well, of it. Well, I guess those two things are in some ways similar i think he's consciously filming it in a way that it makes sense that this would be filtered through elliot's head but if they're similar enough people that it, it which it i would argue they the are like i think yeah, yeah. But, but then but but then the, but there is a meaningful distinction there and i'm led to wonder how you would how a director would shoot a movie to make us believe that it's not in elliot's head well, I think you like, could shoot how that much scene a lot more straightforwardly. The, uh... But I'm not sure, like, it can be cartoonish, but I don't know why its cartoonish nature is a product of yeah. Elliot. And I think you'd have to be a little more now. explicit about it. Like, uh, we shouldn't talk about Fargo, but like the the last episode of Fargo where they like they yeah, exactly yeah. set it up that way, where they're like, the character's yeah. exposed to this, and then you see it happening in reality later. Right. Like, I feel like if that's what you want He says it over and over again, that we're seeing everything through him, and that like we have to trust him. Like, go back and watch the first episode, that Wait, opening who, monologue. Who says? All he does is like tell, is tell you, does. essentially, Elliot does. like you can't trust anything that you see. I think that holds for like when no, Elliot that, is there, 
But I, I well, it just doesn't make any sense. One possibility. For, okay, I guess we'll see. Hey, in the um, few minutes that we have left, do we want to talk about the tech aspects? I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk quick, a little bit. I got to stop so, in like three minutes. We'll be, we'll be fast. So, David, overall, <laughs> I could get off too. Overall grade? No, no. We, out. we need you here as the uh, uh, regular yeah, person, come on. the normal the re- person, the regular guy. Overall, best, best, best I've seen at Hacker, and there's even some in, in jokes there about like some director is going to be fucking up the hacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was people, cute. Right, right. Like that they show cute. actual user interfaces. Uh-huh. They make an, you know, they make an effort to to like talk about Raspberry Pi and KDE and GNOME and Linux and and what's a honeypot? DDoS is uh, a honeypot is is a a trap to lure somebody in. What it sounds like you you put in something that's juicy and lure the person in, and so they come in and then you you catch them. They're stuck. Way. Yeah, it's like a honeypot. Like you could imagine putting a bunch of kitty porn pictures on a server and just seeing who hits it. Yeah, and that way that's you what catch. he does in the first episode, kind of. Yeah. Uh, no, in the first episode, he actually had kitty porn pictures. Oh right. I mean, and he caught it. I I think like this term gets used pretty loosely, but uh, the way that I'm familiar with it being used is not so much like you you get them somehow, but like you set up a server that you think people are going to go for. And then you watch the traffic and then you can see like, oh, it looks like people are trying to get into our network from here. So you can just block them. It's, it's less about like, oh, now you're, now I've caught you in my clever right. scheme. It's more like you want to be aware of what people are going to try and do. And so you set up like a very tempting target and you just watch it and you see what do people try and do. Right. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, uh, I, I, I do have to go. So you guys are going to have to do this alone. <laughs> oh, but- how about this? Let's wrap up here. We'll play the outro music, and Yoel and I, for anybody who wants to stick around after the outro music, we'll geek out a little bit. After show. Sounds yeah, it's great. After show. All right. All right. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. It's Christmas Eve. And it is Christmas Eve as we're recording. Um, you know, a belated happy Hanukkah. Yeah, happy Hanukkah, guys. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays, Kwanzaa, and Festivus. Thank you, Yoel. Thank you very much for having me. Yep. So the first episode tries a little too hard with the whole. Yeah, y- y- you uh, know what Syracuse said about that, like the gnome KDE thing, like two car guys being like, "Does your car have tires? My car has." <laughs> <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that um, was dead on. That was like, and I, you know, because it comes so early oh, on. I, s- I was like, yeah. "Oh God, this is going to be ugly. Is it going to be? It's going to get ugly." Yeah. Um, there's, there's an ex- something I didn't mention in the in the regular portion which is um tyrell's accent is the most annoying sort of uh like euro accent that that is it reminds me of in family guy like 
um, two immigrant guys who've been here just long enough to speak English, but they st- they they like fuck up uh, like some of the things they say in a way that clearly betrays. So that they talk very much like this, and they say how how many of dollars would it cost, <laughs> or like so, you know shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, it was so long, man. It was like two meter. <laughs> it was like two and three quarters meters long, like. But he has that. So when he says like, oh, I see you're running Gnome. I run KDE myself. Uh, you know, yeah. I guess old habits die hard. <laughs> like it's like, oh, <laughs> the double cheesiness yeah. was like hard to handle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's, uh, it, it, his accent is weird because it's sort of like, like you say, it fades in and out. Yeah. Sometimes he just sounds yeah. sort of off. Like not like he has an mm-hmm. accent, just like he sounds a little odd. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like me trying to fake it. Yeah. Accent. Yeah. No. So anyway, that um, was a low point, obviously. Yeah. 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 And I, um, uh, but from the very first episode, I was happy that they actually used terminal windows. Mm-hmm. Like they they didn't try to give us any fancy interface. Yeah, it wasn't um, like the 3D flying through, uh, you know, Gibson. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like virtual opening file. Yeah. Cabinets. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um or like those big old interfaces where it's like enter hacked password <laughs> yeah totally, totally. hacking now <laughs> three minutes okay, remaining until crack yeah password. No, so but that gets to the point of you were saying this is the best uh the best tech that you've seen um yeah. and i think that's true but it's such a low bar it's it's a super right? low bar um so here's okay so here are some things that i like so so showing us sh- actual shell like like actual terminal windows um so you can there are actual like commands being entered Mm -hmm. like they you know they have to like explain what ddos's are and they you know but they they do a fairly good job of avoiding like too much exposition um they they try to work in Right, like the it reminds me of the the Star Trek when like they'll have somebody give the technical explanation and then somebody else will be like, oh, like riding a surfboard down, <laughs> like exactly, Jordy, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and so there's one instance of that. It's like a, it's like getting fucked by like a. Oh yeah, like right, a, right, right, right. Yeah, the weirdly. Yeah, uh, super sexualized. Like not, that wasn't even a helpful analogy. <laughs> yeah, no, that was like, for but like it. I feel like it, that. I actually at first I sort of cringed, but then I was like, oh no, that character's weird. He's like yeah. a weird, inappropriate nerd, and that makes yeah, perfect sense. Yeah, it's unfortunate that they use the, the Asian sort dude. of Asian guy. Yeah, that is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So so I like that. I you know I like the little shout out to Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that, you know, they make reference to 256 bit AES encryption. They, they, I think they, they, you know, if they went too far, it would be boring. I love the little 404 not found. Yeah, that's cute. You know, that's cute. It's it's cute. Um, but, um, uh, so, so there's, there was nothing that like made me. I guess I guess because the bar is so low, I'm just happy that they reference like real encryption. Yeah. Right. Like um, uh, now I don't. So so I, I doubt that a Raspberry Pi behind a thermostat could actually melt 
tapes and that there wouldn't be some sort of um, uh, uh, like, like some sort of physical override that says like yeah no, like once it watch started it. getting really hot in there yeah. that there wouldn't be an alarm that would go <laughs> right. off and that people would actually like it seems like you would have some sort of like a uh, uh, system that wouldn't allow for such an easy takeover um, of, of something as critical as the temperature in a, in a server farm or whatever but um so uh and then uh, there's nothing that seemed well the password oh. hacking was like that i mean they just needed it, it never for the it plot never works. but yeah yeah it never works that way yeah. like i mean at least at least they showed when he's trying to like uh brute force you know he fails a couple times right mm. like he just doesn't get it right Yes. Oh, you know, it's for the boyfriend, for the fake boyfriend. The douchey the fake boyfriend. Yeah. Where he, he like, gets his, he tricks his information out of him, which was, that I thought was very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's good social yeah. engineering. Yeah, that was right? cute. And, and that's, sh- what I like about it is that it shows that, you know, most hacking never, right. isn't, isn't sitting in front of a terminal window, but it's actually the social engineering right. part. But then, like, how did he get into, um, you know Shayla's email and Facebook or his therapists or like lots of yeah and it's like it's like uh, it was easy it was her birth her year of birth backwards it's like what you wouldn't that wouldn't be something that you just guessed and so it would have to be brute forced and then you wouldn't point out how easy it was yeah yeah right so so unless people have their passwords written on a sticky note or like you really are running dictionary attacks. Like I seriously doubt that it would be that easy to get into someone's email, right? Like he, he would have to, like they never, they never, um, you, you would think he would have, um, what you call it? The uh, keystroke logger yeah, or something, you know, he could, they could easily have done that. Like he puts a keystroke logger in his therapist's right. computer. Right. So right. sometimes they made it look like, now I don't remember exactly whose password he was hacking, but they made it look like he had a password file and he was throwing like a dictionary attack or something on it. Yeah. He was throwing a dictionary attack at somebody. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, well, where'd that password file come from then? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know, at that point, I feel like you're sort of nitpicking, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, um, right, right. Um, like, the and so at the end the hack that does end up working is not the original one like to melt the tapes Mm-mm. and right well the original one was to explode the server farm or the the data center yeah um then it was to melt the tapes before it gets sent to the five but so but what what does happen is is it's a remote attack on that encrypts every single file uh, like so my understanding was that he took out he did take out the tape backups which were by that point at multiple redundant sites yeah so by, how did he do that by the raspberry pi somehow allowed him but, to hack into the network of the company that happened oh to the be, airstream the airdream or whatever yeah, airdream was, yeah right so he airdream. hacks into their like corporate network uh, and that yeah. allows him to turn up the heat in all of the centers simultaneously. See that, and and then and then he he encrypts the and then he the encrypts the the you know remaining copy of the data in the Chinese. Uh, the Chinese the chi- thing is separate. So like I think he well it's the honeypot server right? It's CS thirty that comes into play again. So he needs 
that uh, server to be like back onto the Evil Corp like main network, which right. is what. So it's the local. He so he encrypts with two fifty six bit a AES. He encrypts all the local copies, destroys the remote copies, yeah, and then the Chinese the, people destroy the Chinese ones, and then boom. Right. And they they destroy the Chinese ones, or they encrypt the Chinese. I'm not clear. Yeah, it's unclear. There's and I and so I was like a little bit disappointed at not hearing it, but I I guess I, I guess that that's part of the gap of seventy two hours. It was a little weird that he was like, and it turns out that all we needed was like Darlene for to write a script in two hours to like encrypt all of the local stuff. Right. Which is like I guess you know like I mean it was it was a little it, it was a little. Deus ex machina to be yeah. able to to be able to hack into the thermostats of every like why would those be I, I mean I don't know I guess I guess so like that there's where I just don't know if but it seems as if you could if you could hack into the thermostat company and you know like hack into Nest servers and actually like turn up everybody's heat at the same time um, that that's a pretty fucked up like. That's a bad design. Vulnerability. (laughs) That's a pretty bad design. (laughs) Like where you can't have, like somebody would be able to tell, is it getting hot in here or is it just me? And then just go up to the thermostat and just like yank it. Right. Um, So, so yeah, it's. Yeah. I I mean, a lot of it, you you just kind of have to take it on faith that some magic happens. I mean, also that like. Once their local copies are encrypted, like the only other uh, copies of those files that they have would be these offsite backups. Like, I mean, even when I worked at a company of 25 people, we had like our main file storage was on this thing called a NetApp that like automatically would keep old copies until it ran out of space, right? So if I'm like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to change this file. Um, it would save the changes, but it would also allow you to revert to the previous one, right? It's not a tape backup. It's just like the way that file system is set up. So like we, a company of 20 people managed to do that. You think like the biggest, most powerful corporation on earth doesn't have some sort of like automatic rollback for their, the files on their servers. Right, right, right. What's it called? Uh, uh, what's it when you back up only the new stuff, what's it called? Yeah. Um, Like incremental incremental backup. Um, and, and that there wouldn't, that that they would only have these like five storage centers and and the network infrastructure and not have like a bunch of the data just like on whatever like just on <laughs> a Joe from accounting's know. laptop yeah <laughs> yeah like, there's that's... like critical information that <laughs> right. would be you know and that's exactly why why like people are able to like hack into you know schools databases and get yeah. everybody's right, right? because oh, no we did save it all to, to this usb drive right. though right so, <laughs> yeah. so we're all good the world's um the other the other things that that uh, maybe are less techie but some somehow like you have to suspend your disbelief is um that the stock market so one that that conglomerates data is the backbone of the entire world's economy yeah. Right. That like somehow getting rid of evil cores database um, destroys everybody's ability to use their credit cards. Like there wouldn't be other banks um, right. or the right. right. That, like that anybody would put all of their eggs in the one basket. Yeah. Right. Um, so like, this is internationally. what I, the point that I was trying to make, I think, inarticulately to Tamler is. 
this you can't just take it all at face value, right? Like there's no. some like kind of magical suspension of disbelief stuff where you're like, this is the biggest, like most important, most evil conglomerate there is. It's like, well, but yeah, that company doesn't actually exist though. Yeah. So I know. Right. I and but it's his projection though. That's <laughs> Obviously. It's, ta- it's all it's all you know what? It's all Sam Ismail's projection, and that's exactly the same explanation that Tamler is offering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't buy you anything unless you don't care about the internal like the internal coherence of the story right um so so that it would all turn on on evil cores database um that so no other banks that would be independently running or whatever the, the financial system um two that um that the stock market is still up and running yeah, um, I know who who runs that software. Yeah, like that the, they're actually like evil core shares are plummeting yeah. as right. as nobody as can take every, money nobody out of can the ATM. actually take money out of the ATM. <laughs> but but, but the, like the stock exchange, Nas, is yeah, the stock exchange is still going. Yeah, and it's like it's like a just a different layer of virtual. Like, yeah. Um, it, what also bugged me is like the 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 little spiel by Christian Slater um, by Mr. Computer at the end where he's like you know for the past hundred years ever since ever since we gave up on the gold standard it's all been fake and I'm like D- the gold standard wasn't any more f- real than greenbacks yeah like I mean there is it's all like f- it's all fiat right like it's yeah. all yeah, like right. whatever value you put on on this particular bar of gold that right. that really matters i mean uh, there's no physical resource in one that sense but like yeah you know. so i i am a little sorry that we didn't get into this with tamler but like in some ways this show endorses some really like just bad crank ideas you know like being able to lend and borrow money is a bad thing you know that's yeah <laughs> yeah or like let's go back Erasing to the everyone's debt is like like justice right yeah right. it's like no you're just going to make it more expensive for people to borrow money in the future i mean fine <laughs> well and i think that's why the the corporate overlords are are not too distressed that's played up a little bit too but it's like well you know like people it's not like people aren't going to want to accumulate more than they can afford and like it's just we're just going to have to like you know i feel i feel like they have the time machine backup um, they yeah. <laughs> they have the one time machine backup. Uh, then they're just gonna like r- call it like less evil court and <laughs> and then start up the whole system anew. Um, right. So they're not too worried. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So not tech. Um, but what do you think of the like very obvious debt to Fight Club? I mean, so much so that there was even did you yeah. you caught the thing that wears my mind? In yeah. The last episode? Yeah. 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 Um, so I I didn't mind it. I I think that that um there is in a in a Tarantino-esque way um he is taking an idea and making it new. Mm-hmm. And he, I feel like the story is new enough that that it's not biting. Yeah. Right. Like I I I wasn't I, I wasn't bothered by it. Like another way of putting it is um, from like the very first thing I read about Mr. Robot was that it was sort of fight club meets like yeah. a hacker world and that didn't ruin it for me. Yeah. Right. And so, so I, I liked it. I, yeah. I think that it was, it, it was, and in fact, 
it leaves you sort of asking the right questions and being surprised like when you go into it even thinking that it's the fight club yeah i don't know what it would be like had i not read that like what i think I, I'm pretty sure I would have suspected that that Elliot wasn't real from the. I mean the. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. Computers. I didn't read that, yeah. but it you know it was yeah. obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, something that is techy, uh, great, and I think the they talked about this. Um, what, wherever podcast Syracuse was talking on it was was the Mister Computer, um, computer shop. Uh-huh. Um, and like the eighties tech and his like, yeah. you know, what you want is a Pentium 90. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. That <laughs> yeah. was beautiful. And he's like peeling off the labels of floppies to resell <laughs> yeah. them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was excellent. <laughs> that was super well done. Yeah. yeah. So clearly, I mean, it's obvious that like people involved in the show, like they're nerds, they care about tech. Um, and if they don't always like nail the details or like they bend, plausibility because you know the plot needs to do something like that doesn't doesn't bother me like an entirely realistic show about computer hackers would probably be fairly boring it would be just like watching some guy drinking mountain dew and, and typing right and, like, eating pizza for, like, 43 hours <laughs> yeah. um and but it doesn't so here's what i can say about the tech is that it doesn't patronize the audience like there's only a few people who will be you know some people might be like gnome really like but you know but but like but it doesn't it was able to tell the story without being off-putting to people like tamler yeah um but without like being you know if you want to find out more about what a ddos is like you can and whether or not ddos is the right the right attack to describe in that scenario is less important than the fact that like they're using real like yeah it's i i was surprised that the honeypot thing didn't throw him because it's sort of a major plot point of how are you going to get this machine back on their network and they do like that's that's kind of a big deal in the show right it's not just a throwaway it's like the most tense moment when when elliot is trying to like yeah, exactly. Yeah. So is it just like, you know, you get the idea that like he has to do something with the computer and doesn't want to get caught and you don't really have to understand the details or? I think all you have to know is that the valence of what Gideon did is bad. Right. And He's right. going to try and undo it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's all you, you have to know. And they they do, you know, they they did a good job of subtle, subtly showing, and I actually don't know, you you would know better, whether or not the visualization of the server network um, is an actual UE. Like, um, uh, I've never seen that. I mean, there's these like visual network information systems that like you you can buy um, that show like graphical representations of the network and stuff. So it's like, yeah. again, it's like not too far out of line from what you It was well see. done in that it yeah. looked like it actually might be low level tech stuff yeah. you know it wasn't like it wasn't like an app. it wasn't like you're flying through 3d buildings <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it was close enough it was close enough to be plausible it was like it wasn't insulting right which is and, and you know i've not i've not read at all whether anybody has like paused and looked at the code on because there's a lot of code in the background and i bet you there's probably like easter eggs there mm-hmm. from pretty early on like um uh, when you actually bother to look at, at the code on screen. Yeah. So apparently when she's on IRC with the Chinese hackers, mm-hmm. they actually 
those Chinese characters actually are, you know, they translate to real statements about what's going on. That's really so, cool. Isn't that badass? That's, yeah, that's sure. really cool. That's the little details. That, yeah. 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 Well, the same way that like when Joanna talks in Danish, it's like, you know, it totally. means something. Yeah. 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 Um, um, there was, <laughs> oh yeah, I was laughing at, I, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know if this would be whether like non-nerds would catch this but you know as as we know like if you're in data recovery um you and you're trying to recover data from a hard drive you're in a clean room right and it's really important that that room be a clean room and oh, I'm smoking the clean room, like eating a burrito <laughs> <That's hilarious>. <laughs> <laughs> it's just eating a burrito in a clean suit <laughs> or like a burger whatever it was yeah, i don't know yeah. um <laughs> and uh and then and white rose is like smoking a cigarette yeah. in the clean room like yeah that was know, hilarious <laughs> you're doing it wrong <laughs> that's not clearly they don't care yeah yeah, um, yeah no that was cool i had thought about that until you mentioned it but that's totally that's great i thought it was a neat uh, a neat little social engineering hack to to toss usb drives in the parking lot oh that was that was cool and you know what i rachel told me that they're told never pick up a drive that's like lying around out on the sidewalk Uh, that's cool that's really cool um uh yeah like i said like the coolest hacks are like you know when he uses like can i borrow your phone to call my mom and yeah his number and all that yeah 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 i love the uh so when he's in the data center um, and it's not the like next level uh, customer service person that they had expected. So they have nothing on her yeah. and they just have to send her a text blind. And they just send her, what is it? Like I'm at like, the hospital. Our worst fears. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that was true. Really like cool. all human beings will like respond. <laughs> right, to that. right. That's like, going to freak know, anybody out. <laughs> all you need, you know, she's kind of this age and she's married, you right. know, and right. like... <laughs> Right, <laughs> like middle-aged black man being yep. in the hospital, like you know, it's like playing on <laughs> some stereotype there. <laughs> but you know, uh, with a with a grain of truth, though. Yeah, it's like it's diabetes, uh, isn't or, it? Or heart trouble. <laughs> it's heart trouble, isn't it? <laughs> um, something. Uh, this is again not tech, but um, I love it when um, Joanna is when they're at the the new CTO's house, like, and she's listening to him go on and on about wine. And she's like, it's not the time I can't, she can't drink wine. And then as soon as he gets up, she totally chugs. Did you catch that? No, she totally like when no one's looking, she chugs the glass of wine. That's hilarious. (laughs) Even though she's pregnant. I totally missed that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the, the, the one social engineering thing that I didn't find too plausible was the, was what's his name giving out fake rap CDs and like oh yeah right and Ollie actually like taking it and actually putting it in it is like and they, you get the funny Twitter l- like line or whatever there but like <laughs> but would you ever really like just get someone's fake CD and put it in I mean get someone's like handing out rap CD put it in your thing and like keep trying to play it like if it doesn't play. Yeah, I, it really like it hinged on Ollie being like comically stupid. <laughs> totally, <laughs> he's like the the dummy ex machina. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which is sort of the the whole point of him. 
Yeah. Um, Dork ex machina. Yeah. I mean, does it seem crazy to like, so if they just want to get into all safe, like, does it seem crazy to hang out outside the all safe building and try and give people CDs that have malware on them? It sort of seems like the USB drive thing. To yeah. Me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I like, maybe it's just like my, my like image of, of like a pan hat. Like there is something about the USB drop hack that is like oh shit like my luck like i i found a usb versus somebody peddling me like their rap cd right like with like some fake hip-hop like spiel that he's like (laughs) yeah 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 no no that's true and definitely like after it didn't work the first time (laughs) maroon (laughs) maroon five's latest album yeah like new check out new collabo with maroon five and Blink 182. Yeah, um, see, so this is how I know that Sam Esmail as a nerd is just the like cartoonish stereotype of Ollie, you know, the dude who beat him up in high school. Totally. Obviously. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. He's just such like a just a total uh unredeemed douche. There's nothing yeah. no complexity, nothing good about him. Nothing. Yeah, it's funny that the that the most shallow character is like the person who is most normal, <clears throat> like in quotes, air quote normal. Yeah, no, he's basic <clears throat> as the kids would say yeah. these days. Um, uh, so oh, what was I going to say? There was oh, so the another thing that that I and I I guess Sam Ismail being a nerd has to be like why this is true as well is that we didn't get any, like you can imagine the bullshitty um, uh, beautiful mind visualizations that you might get when you're trying to like explain to somebody how Elliot sees the world. Mm -hmm. And like, luckily you don't get even, you know, even the, like the shitty, Sherlock Holmes movie, um, the Guy Ritchie one, where like time slows down. Yeah, and yeah. Sherlock's yeah. calculating all contingencies. Right, 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 like, right. You never, yeah. you never get any of those tropes where like you're trying to get into like you know, it's just internal narration. It's internal yeah. dialogue, like not. Yeah, yeah. The more you think about it, man, there's a lot of ways to do this poorly. Yeah, this exactly. Up. I think that like it's a huge compliment to say that it didn't fuck up. right right i mean that's like a positive like a yeah yeah (laughs) yeah can you imagine you can imagine just all of the ways that like uh um you you know uh uh michael bay (laughs) version of this story the script could have gotten so ruined in the wrong hands i mean i wonder if part of it is just like there wasn't the budget to do like the you know CG numbers floating around in the air. Maybe, but then again, you know, they're shooting in Times Square and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's good. You know, I got to give props to USA for taking a risk on on such a nerdy. Yeah, right? like, yeah. It, no, I was actually talking to a friend who a friend of hers uh, is an exec there, and so they are apparently super stoked about having decided to go with it. i mean for obvious reasons I mean, I'm, not, I'm saying like this is a big trade secret yeah, like, they're no, excited yeah, yeah. They're shooting, no, they're but, no that's well. that's i mean, yeah. no, that's revealing i but mean because excited. like uh, obviously any successful show anybody's gonna be happy but like they're acknowledging the the risk and the payoff yeah, they, yeah, yeah. and and i remember when i first heard about it and uh it they they were streaming up episode one on youtube for free like months before it premiered on USA. Right. And if it right. weren't, honestly, if it hadn't been on YouTube, 
I would have seen USA Network and dismissed and, it. And the name of the show. Yeah. That oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. It could have been, oh. Yeah. USA Network presents Mr. Robot. Right, and you should be right. like, oh, fuck, no. Yeah. Like, this is going to be horrible. By now we've gotten used to the name, but it is not a good name. It's not a good name. And, um, and I cringed when he said i am mr robot like i didn't i didn't like that like yeah um but this is something that we didn't point out in, in the earlier thing um our after shows going way way yeah long. no it's gonna um, be it's like the same length as the regular <laughs> we can cut though right hey, we like, can cut we can cut yeah. um but pe- people stung around this long they want to hear yeah, um the uh the first couple of times that robots are even mentioned it's it's tyrell talking to himself don't, don't not, be a robot don't be a cool yeah, yeah, robot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah man talk about another like kind of obvious debt to american psycho totally where, yeah but again i feel like because they're so he just puts it out there it's you know? it's yeah it's homage it's in, homage in a yeah. way that that like again like tarantino's heavy use of yeah of you know whatever yeah kung fu and black exploitation yeah. and all. yeah um that's but, a nice tie what yeah. is it brioni <laughs> yeah. he's one step away from pulling out his business card seriously uh all right man all right this has Let's been great there. thanks so much thanks, for having me on thanks for geeking out